Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. When it comes to technology... Most of us want our children using less, not more, particularly when it comes to computer games. We worry that we will lose our kids to screens, that they won't be running about and playing with other kids and learning all the things you learn in social situations. Now researchers at the Department of Human-Centred Computing at Monash University are saying that computer games could actually help to counteract some of the negative outcomes of too much screen time which sounds totally nonsensical, which is why we're talking to Ling Wu, one of the researchers at Monash University. Hi, Ling. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, So what are some of the negative impacts of screen time that you feel this game may be able to readdress? I wish to clarify that screen time itself does not necessarily have any negative effect it is the excessive and uncontrolled screen time that can have negative effects on children. And for example, these negative effects can include um, effects on their locomotive development. That is, for example, their physical strength, their gross motor or fine motor. So their ability to play and manipulate large and small items. And then on um, another aspect, of course, there is effect on children's mental and social emotional development. There isn't so much on the young children, but there's research evidence on adolescents. So again, excessive technology use, for example, social media can have negative effects on these young people's mental health and well-being. I guess researchers like me, what we're trying to do is um, we're trying to make the case that It is not the technology itself is the problem. It's how the technology is designed and purposed. Okay. So what was your intention with this particular game? Um, I guess our core motivation, at least at a personal level, my motivation when I started my PhD was to translate this substantial body of knowledge about social emotional learning about development about children about young people there's so much knowledge but in the research community and you see them in academic journals and then um, conferences they have impact of course as well but what i was thinking as a very um, beginning phd student i was thinking so how if we are thinking of getting closer to impact how can we translate this knowledge and this evidence into something that is more accessible to parents and educators and community experts who are on the ground working with young children, um, working with young people and supporting their learning and development? And then, of course, as you know, technology can be a powerful tool to make that accessible to these, I guess we call them stakeholders, who are working with children and young people directly. And what age are you aiming it at? With this particular study, the game, the Empathy World, they're designed for children from three to six-year-olds, so they're preschoolers. And the study is done very intentionally as well in the children's natural social environment, so at their preschool, not in other university laboratories at all. 
So the technology is implemented as part of their lives. And then, which is one of the goals that we're trying to achieve, that is to blend this technological aspect to the rest of their lives. So they just live their normal life and there's um, technology-mediated learning, I guess. And what are they learning exactly? The game is designed to enhance their, what we call in a more research term, empathic perception. So basically how they see the world in an empathic lens. Um, For young children, it's slightly different um, to adults. It's the noticing that children are trying to learn and practice. It's noticed that, oh, when somebody's crying, then there is emotions going on in that person, then I should notice that. And then that noticing will lead them to think about how it feels and why that person feel that way and what made that person feel certain ways. So that's what the game is trying to teach, not teach, I I guess trying to facilitate children to learn. And what kind of reactions did you see during the study? Were the kids learning from the game? Um, I see lots of learning, (laughs) thankfully. I guess because the study, it's an explorative study, so a study to explore um, certain things. So we had a a set of data. We had brain data. We had behavior data. That is their gameplay. And then we even have the uh, teacher's observation data. So the findings are quite positive. And then I addressed uh, the uh, findings in the papers as well. But one thing I wish to highlight is because we designed these social scenes and scenarios in the stories, um, but of course the children had a better term. They call them um, stories rather than social scenarios. And they are exposed to different um, interactions. There was a story where a baby was crying because another baby threw a shovel at her. And then many of the children after play and they would tell me stories about their younger siblings crying and then they had to get their parents to help their younger sibling. So that is remarkable for us because that means the children do um, apply what they've learned in the game to their life. So then that's evidential for us. What is learned in the game can be applied and transformed to their social life. And do you think those sorts of cues they would normally learn through picture books or um, I, I can't see anyone instructing them on that unless it's their parents telling them not to throw the shovel at their sibling. Um, but would they normally <laughs> learn these sorts of things through picture books, do you think? Um, I guess some of the things they can learn from picture books, but there are more complex situations. And I guess what the technology can provide is a more consistent accessibility to different stories, for example, and to reinforce the learning in a more, I guess, uh, consistent pace. So then, say, for example, if the children is having particular challenge, say, for example, about sharing, then the parents can choose the stories related to sharing. And then not only that the child can play the game, the parent can have conversations around the story that they just played and then, again, link what happened in the game to the life, uh, to their social life, and then to make that moment educational. This seems like the kind of game that could be really great for kids who might be struggling with social 
cues on normal level like kids on the spectrum. Do you see its application in that way? Um, I definitely do see that. The game, I guess, originally is not it, it's not designed for this particular group of children. It is more designed because it's um, small scale and explorative nature. So it's more for um, typically developing children. But from a developmental perspective, it definitely can be used to facilitate empathic perception, which is the noticing that children on the spectrum can have challenges with. Um, and this is the group of children that I hold very close to my heart as well at a personal level. And then I guess with the game, it's more um, of a very starting point where I wanted to engage a broader community of carers and um, professionals who work um, with children on the spectrum and then to implement this game as part of their working process with the children and support them and then help them. And what are the next steps for you now that you've completed this study? I'm at Monash. I'm part of Human Centre Computing. I guess my next step is to make this game widely accessible and then to add features that would really empower parents and professionals and educators so that this game become a educational tool that they can utilize and they can even enhance the tool itself by say for example incorporating just a picture from their lives and then initiate conversations with their children talking about what happens in their lives as well I guess the vision is to not to live the division um, with technology on one side and then social emotional learning or real life on another side. The goal is to, I guess, bridge the gap so that children can apply what they've learned from the technology in their life. And then the educators and grown-ups can incorporate their knowledge and their expertise in life into the technology um, in a way that that is best for the children's learning and development. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're very welcome. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. That's Ling Wu. She's a research fellow at Monash University. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.